Patriots Monday and Friday. 93.7 WEI-FM and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. Hour number two of the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy here on WEEI. You can join the program, 617-779-7937. Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram, at Rich Keefe Show. And you can also watch the program on Twitch. Just follow WEEI. You can get all the shows right there. It is a Would You Rather Wednesday. We've got a series of questions to get to, Fitzy. So let's dive right in. This is one that uh, sort of came up organically last night with Andy Hart. I didn't really think about it in this ter- in these terms until Hart brought it up. Who would you rather mm-hmm. watch next year, Chris Sale or Lucas Giolito? Oh, 100% Lucas Giolito, and that's just because I want the unknown versus the known in this case. I've seen Chris Sale at his absolute best. I know he's a uh, $145 million man now with his second UCL, but... I don't care. Even if he ends up being awesome, that's fine. I just need something different, something new. Yeah, I'm glad that Sale's gone because I, I hated it. It, it kind of did kind of damper down last season. So I'm not like I'm not. There's no straw man here, but there was sort of like the well. And if Sale comes back, like no, Sale's not coming back. Stop saying Sale's coming back. And even if he comes back, it's only for a certain amount of time. So I'm glad that he's gone. So there's no like, hey, let's pencil in Chris Sale for X number of starts, and then you're always let down by it. And there's always some other injury, and then you have to hear him. And listen, the guy cares about it. Like I, you don't don't fault him for like the way he carries himself. But it was just like, I got I I can't let this happen. Like he, the guy was so depressed up there, and you're like, all right, enough. Like enough of this. But <clears throat> I do think Giolito will be better than Sale this year. He'll at least make more starts. But yeah, I think what Hart right there availability, Rich, yeah, right no, there. That's, that's it. What I want. So I like Giolito's probably better. But what about this? As far as just sheer interest in the game, if you knew. Chris Sale was you're going to Fenway Park and you know Chris Sale starting versus you know Lucas Giolito is starting. Yeah. Still so, Giolito? Mean, at, at that at that it's like it's a it's a split so I'll just it's, take the new guy. Okay. I mean that, yeah, fair. like fair. when has Sale Day been something that like oh my god I got to say like it's not 18 maybe at the beginning of 19 cuz you're like hardly maybe after a world series and then like no yeah he's not the same guy. No, this isn't Roger Clemens pitching. This no. isn't Pedro or even no. Schilling. No, this no. is like no, that's long gone at this point now. No. So let me let me see. You know what I want to see What's for all the people that clapped at me when I said, "Oh, goody, somebody who gave up forty-one ding dongs last year is getting twenty million from the Sox." Hooray! And I got, oh, he was going through a divorce. He might be great. He might refine his form. Okay. Yeah. Well, me with bucket of metaphorical popcorn. Sure. Sitting right here waiting, Let's folks. Go. That's very expensive right. popcorn, by the way, at Fenway. That is, uh, yeah, still still is. Shouldn't be. They should be just giving it away. Hey, Rich, uh, what is the what's uh what's the biggest thing you've ever smuggled into a ball game? <laughs> and not a person. <laughs> I was gonna say my best my best friend Steve. Uh, <laughs> you should Steve's a former contortionist. <laughs> Things that guy will do to get in. Uh, into Fenway specifically, or just into like any kind of game? Yeah. Uh, it was probably just like, like beer. Sub up the sleeves. <laughs> I don't think I'm the, no. We did in high school. We did a we did a large cheese pizza into a movie theater. No. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. As an as a former yeah. usher at a movie theater yeah. in Quincy for years, I remember walking in to clean up. God, I forget what it was. Maybe it was like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or something. <laughs> and I went oh, down I to the pizza. second row, yeah. and there was a box from. 
Tasso, Napoli's, the pizza place across the street on Hancock Street, yeah, yeah. and it was the 18-inch large pie, and I just held it up, and I looked to the usher, I was like, how? How did you not see this under someone's coat? Yeah, this was, they weren't the tightest security at this place, and uh, I think one of my buddies, it was like wintertime, and he like, he carried it straight in front of him, but he had his jacket over top, but like, there's no way the jacket would like, take, like be shaped that way, and he walked in. And then another buddy of mine had, like, a two-liter soda, and all of a sudden, like, we're sitting there, and then you just hear, like, the sound of, like, the uh, bottle opening, like, the soda, and, like, people turning around, they're like, what is this? Like, you pass the pepperoni? Give me a pepperoni slice. Pepperoni slice. And that was way before there was, like, now a lot of theaters have, like, real real food. This was not that time. Uh, but, yeah, ballpark, not much. Can't, I can't really think of much that I've brought in. What about you? Uh, sub. Like oh, never... you did do the sub up the sleeve. Oh, are you kidding? The sub up the sleeve? It's the easiest you a, thing what, in the world. Sleeve of, sleeve of wizard in order you to get, get that. Ni- up there. I mean, like, just go from right to the wrist to the elbow. That's a nice foot long right yeah, there. That's true. You could grab one in each. You could go one up the yeah. bicep. Yeah. You could have four subs yeah, in, your, in your jacket arms for the whole family. You had two meatball subs. I've never <laughs> done the sauce. Now people are getting real crafty and very creative, and there's all these things you can buy on Instagram to like tuck away shots and. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. Nips and whatever else, mm. and your man hammock and whatever. I ain't doing bladders. You can fill up. I'll pass. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy it in the pregame. Buy one in the stadium. You're all set. Yeah, then you're good to go from that point. All right. Would you rather, Fitz? He just has a uh, NBA fan. Would you rather the uh, upstart Minnesota Timberwolves or the upstart Oklahoma City Thunder win the Western Conference? Currently, the top two teams right now in the West. Uh, I feel like I would rather the Oklahoma City Thunder win the Western Conference, not because I want to see him again because I'm such an SGA fan, but yeah. rather Minnesota's a bad fit for the Celtics. Anthony Edwards brings out a game and a half against them oh, every time. Edwards is great. And they have size, speed, and length that gives the Celtics fit. Yeah, the old Twin Towers, which is a yeah. rare thing in today's NBA. Uh, yeah, they're a little bit older. There's something about, I don't, I'm not a huge Carl Anthony Towns fan i think it would be a cool story if oklahoma city gets in there because we were talking about in the first hour of the show they're they're so insanely young this would be like if the jalen brown jason tatum team from like four years ago didn't have Kyrie and hayward and they just had two other guys that were the same age and like they made it to the finals like that's that's what they're dealing with their their team's way ahead of schedule so i i would go with them all right would you rather this is uh one of the big ones would you rather Bill Belichick or Gerard Mayo as the head coach of the Patriots next season. You're really going to just cut right down just to it. Want, huh? Yeah, it's not, you know, Bill or the field. It's not any guy you want. It's the two guys that are right there, the two most yeah. likely candidates for next year. If I was able to control all of the variables and put someone else in charge of calling, uh, picking the players and working with Bill, I think with Bill's, I think Bill still has enough coaching fastball and schematic uh genius at his disposal that I'd want him for another year or two. So the reason I say Gerard Mayo mm-hmm. and you know me, I am of the mind like I don't want anybody in the tree. I would like to just move on altogether, rip the band-aid off. But in this scenario, these are the hard questions on the show. Mm-hmm. In this scenario, I would say Mayo because it goes back to your previous point about you need a new GM, you need a new guy picking the players. And at least in this scenario, you would have that. I don't know who that person is, but it wouldn't be Belichick. He'd be gone. Also, this scenario allows you to say maybe Mayo reshapes the whole coaching staff. I mean, not, not you know, 30 guys, but maybe most of the guys, it kind of swaps them out. So it's enough kind of fresh blood in here. And then it just happens to be Gerard Mayo. And it's funny, yesterday listening to him with his press conference, mm-hmm. and as Hart was talking about, it was basically like a job interview. But he was even talking about 
he was landed on pretty thick about how, hey, the defensive coordinator's job is different than like a position coach's job, which is different than the head coach's job and like all this stuff. And so he clearly has thought a lot about what it would take to be a head coach and how he would handle himself and, and everything like that. So at least it's not as um, as much change as I would want, but at least it is certainly significant change. Hey, uh, real quick, your after listening to Mayo's remarks yesterday about the whole like, oh, he's rubbed some people in the building the wrong way. What was your immediate takeaway just about him as a potential head coach candidate? Uh, well, I think he, I just think he's a like a victim of circumstance. Like I personally don't want to be the head coach here, but I think of all the guys that have worked under Belichick, he probably has the best chance to succeed. I think it's that former player thing helps him out a lot. I think he, he immediately walks in the room and is going to command more respect than a Matt Patricia or McDaniel's would have. Right. And so I think he's going to be just more relatable to the players, more respected by the players and, and that kind of thing. And I mean, he's clearly an impressive guy. He's a smart guy, mm-hmm. all, all of that stuff. My initial takeaway, though, was he knows that he rubbed people the wrong way. And maybe that's what some leaders have to or all leaders have to do. And maybe he's looking at it like, hey, it's not the worst thing in the world. But I'm kind of curious who who put this report out. And I want to know why they didn't just come to me and talk about it. And he owned it, which is great. And yeah. Wasn't afraid of what he had to say. He said he was up for some self-reflection as well. To me, I actually was more impressed by Mayo in that little breakdown in his overall 12 minutes than I think I have been from anything I've just sort of gleaned off of him on the sidelines or in previous pressers, et cetera. Like, sounds like someone who was ready to be a coach who wants to be his own man and is not just going to lightly tread in the footsteps of someone else. Uh, that's a good point. And how refreshing is it where ask a question, get an answer? Oh, my Rather than because Bayo literally he easily could have yeah. said, "Well, you know, I can't really control that. We're just looking forward to the Jets." Yep. <laughs> he could, like that's what his boss does every single time he gets an opportunity. Actually, he doesn't even say the first part. He just is straight up where we're talking about the Jets. So Mayo took something that was out there mm-hmm. and addressed it and answered it like a human. And I'm like, oh, so I like that fearlessly, which I appreciate. Yes. And said if somebody wants to have a I, now what office someone would be able to pull up to and have a conversation with him about that. We will soon see whether it's this linebackers coach or HC of the NEP. He definitely wants to be a head coach. He has made that clear. He keeps saying that. He also is not uh, <clears throat> tipping his hand too much if he thinks it's going to be here. Right? He keeps saying, no, it could be anywhere. All right, next one. Uh, would you rather draft Jaden Daniels in the first round, Michael Penix in the second round, or Bo Nix in the third round? Quick amendment, Penix, the way he's playing, might not be a second rounder. But for the sake of this, if that was the scenario, which would you rather? That's where all the algorithms and mock computers have him right now. Okay, the unpopular, once again, opinion here on Unpopular Take Island from your old pal Fitzy. I'm going to go with Bo Nix in the third because I know I've been clapped at. Oh, have you watched his Auburn tape? This guy just throws bubble screens and slants. This guy stinks. I like him. Okay. I am a huge fan. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with He's you. He's grown, matured. Mm-hmm. He looks like Homelander, the quarterback. Yep. He's got a decent arm. He's hyper. He's very athletic. He runs well. He's very mar- ac- he's... obviously super accurate. He's a married man. Uh, married man. Several <laughs> children. He's got a, probably a nice retirement plan. Four hundred one k. Everything. Yep. Yep. Can rent a car. Sure. But um, if you can get Bo Nix at the end of the second or in the third round then that means you're probably getting an elite wide receiver and a starting tackle of the future. And I think Bo Nix can sit for a year and give you Kirk Cousins level play sooner than later. Fine. Yeah. That's like, that's good. Well, this not that, not that, good. not that it's this cut and dry. I know there's other moves to be made, but basically if you had Bo Nix and Marvin Harrison Jr. 
are you better or worse than Caleb Williams and Devontae Parker? Yeah. I know that's a big drop off, but you know what I'm saying? Like, take, take any of the receivers that are here. Take Devontae Parker, take Juju Smith Schuster, take uh, even Pop Douglas. Like, take any of those guys and a quarterback like Caleb Williams, mm-hmm. who I like more than all the other quarterbacks. But if you can have somebody like Marvin Harrison, and who knows, depending mm-hmm. on where Bo Nix falls, I saw he accepted an invite to the Senior Bowl. Yep. So we'll see, you know, what that does to his his draft status. He played in the bowl game so he could get touchdowns and and win another game. Oh, he, he didn't want to draw the loss. Yeah, and he yeah he was lighting up I Liberty. Mean, Talk <laughs> about the the punching down bowl. Yeah, Why they play Liberty? Who came up with that? Um, that well, they ridiculous. were undefeated. I mean, great. I know. Exactly. Uh, got, yeah. Now he's going to be in the Senior Bowl. Yeah. I'll tell you who else. I, I'll tell you who else I like. Rich. I'll tell you who I like. Who's that? Uh, I was all over Tank Dell last year. Spoiler alert: He didn't get drafted by the Patriots. This not. guy, Tez Johnson, who is Bo Nix's favorite receiver, about the same size as Tank Dell. Yes, he's a, quick uh, he's his brother. He's legit love. his adoptive brother. Yeah, I want it's a him. cool story. Yeah, yeah. So would love love to see him in a Patriots. So the, it was a Troy Franklin will get drafted. Uh, Probably in the second round, I would think. He's like the number one receiver on Oregon. But then, yeah, Tez Johnson, he throws to a ton. He had a monster bowl game. Yeah, I do too. Uh, I'm not going to argue with you. I like Knicks and I like Penix. I'm actually kind of souring, believe it or not, more on Daniels the more I watch Penix. And I've already already liked Knicks. So Jaden Daniels would have been an awesome, like, second-round pick. But now you're talking about all the needs that the Patriots have, putting all your eggs in the uh, Jaden Daniels basket with, like, the third or fourth pick. I'm like, I don't know. That's kind of risky. But, all right, there you go. There's uh, Would You Rally. If you want to weigh in on any of those questions, feel free at 617-779-7937. Get into some of the draft pick scenarios for the New England Patriots this upcoming weekend. But uh, right now, here is Stiz with What's Trending. Now, here's What's Trending on WEEI. Trending now on WEI and WEI.com. Celtics had their six-game winning streak snapped last night as the Oklahoma Thunder took the game 127-123. to Celtics were able to cut the lead to as few as two points in the final minutes of the game, but fell short of coming up with the win. Celtics coach Joe Mazzulla spoke after the game on the difficulty of playing a team like OKC. Yeah, I thought we were good for the most part. 14. Um, probably could have had a little bit less, but they just have active hands. Active hands, they do a good job of uh, meeting at the rim. Um, you know, it's a tough physical team. I thought it was two great teams. The game went uh, about how I thought it would go um, as far as it coming down to the last couple possessions. And, um, you know, it was a great game for us. Celtics back in action Friday night when they'll be hosting the Jazz at the TD Garden tip-off at 7 p.m. The Bruins, however, left Ohio with the dub last night. They beat the Columbus Blue Jackets 4-1. to Bruins goals came from Van Riemsdyk, Frederick Heinen, and Shattenkirk. Bruins head home today as they get ready to host the Penguins tomorrow night at the Garden. Puck drop at 7 p.m. Patriots back on the practice field today. They're getting ready for their final game of the season when they'll host the Jets at Gillette Stadium. Kickoff Sunday at 1 p.m. Miles Bryan and Trent Brown both absent from today's practice. Several other players on limited participation. Those names included Marcus Jones, Daniel Aquale, Christian Gonzalez, Matthew Judon, Riley Reef, Tyrone Wheatley, Calvin Anderson, Kendrick Bourne, Cole Strange, Connor McDermott, Ramondre Stevenson, and Juju Smith-Schuster. Jets quarterback Zach Wilson has not cleared concussion protocol for the third week in a row. He will not be playing in Sunday's game. I'm Stiz. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. More Rich Keith Show coming right up. On WEI. Back 
back here on the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy, W-E-E-I. You can join us, 617-779-7937 on this uh, Wednesday night. And uh, Fitzy, I was doing the best I could to figure out the ramifications for this weekend's games and the draft order. So there's a Popsicle lot of headaches central big time. And I'm, I'm not going to go crazy with it. Although I say that and then it's hard not to go too down the a field, but I'm trying to break it down as like the simplest things. And so I've, the problem is I've read conflicting things. Same. So, and it's probably the same thing. So we know they can't pick number one. That is going to be Chicago via Carolina. So they cannot pick number one. They are currently scheduled to pick three, but they have the same record as Washington and Arizona. Washington's picking two. Arizona's picking four. Mm-hmm. Then there are three five-win uh, five teams, the Giants, Chargers, Tennessee. So that is seven picks right there. I've read some on the internet that say they could pick anywhere from two to seven. Mm-hmm. I also read it was uh, Dakota Randall at Nesson said he yeah. did a lot of, a lot of work on it, so I, I take him at his, at his word. Mm-hmm. And he said with all the different scenarios and all the different wins and losses and everything that could happen this weekend, he doesn't think they could drop below five. Now, the reason he says that is the tiebreaker with all these teams is strength of schedule, and it goes in reverse order. So if you have the easier strength of schedule, you pick higher than the team that has the same record as you. And so, again, I said I'm not going to make it confusing. It's already confusing because the Patriots' strength of schedule is uh, five eighteen. The Chargers is 526, and the Tennessee Titans is 529. I feel like, depending on all the different outcomes this weekend, couldn't they catch the Patriots? Or or the other way around, I guess you would say? Like, I don't uh, know. Uh, right. I, I watched a video yesterday on Twitter from the sick bay with Peter <laughs> Schrager saying, oh, hey, I just got off the phone with Steve Kornacki, and Kornacki told me that if Atlanta, who the hell is Atlanta? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You want Atlanta yeah. to beat uh, the Saints. Saints? Yeah, if Atlanta yeah. beats the Saints, that's then huge. The Patriots for, can squeeze. Yeah, yeah that'll Washington. help the something Washington based, <laughs> it, and that'll give the Patriots the two. Like it would, ah, it ah, would. That ah. one's huge because it's because Washington played uh, the Saints. I guess. Oh no, they they beat the Falcons and the Patriots lost to the Saints or whatever it is. But right. you mentioned Steve Kornacki. There's like a two minute clip. Do we even want to play this of Steve Kornacki? Trying to break down draft scenarios? Oh, a thousand percent. Okay, let's try it. Currently for the two spot, you got a three-way tie. As you say, Washington, who right now controls that tiebreaker, it's it's basically it's by one game. Okay. If you add up the wins and losses of all of the commander's opponents this year, the commander's opponents are 140 and 132. <laughs> okay. And they're 4-12 and 12 right now. The Pats are 4-12 and 12 right now, and the combined record of all their opponents this year is 141 <laughs> and 131. The only way the Cardinals get the the top pick here is if they lose next week and both Washington and New England win. They have to be okay. alone at four and thirteen because they're not okay. winning any tiebreakers. Their, their schedule is too strong. <laughs> let's say the Pats lose it. Let's say Washington loses it. So you got two at four and thirteen. The big swing game to watch. There's a couple that come in, but the biggest one to keep an eye on by far is Atlanta, New Orleans. Go on, uh, I okay, love so this, dude. New England played <laughs> New Orleans this year, right? And Washington 34-0, blowout game. <laughs> and Washington it. played Atlanta. Yep. So it's it's a key swing. If New Orleans wins the game, the Patriots, in their strength of schedule, get what they don't want. They get another win for their opponents. And meanwhile, for Washington, they get another loss for their opponents. 
because that's that's Atlanta losing. So the Pats really want, if they're playing the draft game, the Pats really want Atlanta to beat New Orleans. And Washington really wants New Orleans to beat Atlanta. And if it ended up tied strength of schedule, that, pardon me, is when head-to-head comes in. And this is the opposite of every head-to-head you've ever wanted because this is where the loser of the head-to-head, the loser gets the pick. The winner doesn't. So Pats played Washington. Pats lost to Washington. I don't really love this. And it comes back to bite Washington (laughs) because it gives the Pats the number two seed. So, great. That, there's a lot. There's a whole a lot, lot of going on there. But my my concern is they, those two minutes. They didn't even mention the fact that what if the Patriots win? Which I think you and I both think they're going to win. We both think they're going to beat the Jets. So that would get them to five and twelve to end the year, which yeah. could join them with a whole another group of teams. And then you're talking about strength of schedule with there, and that's why they could end up picking fourth, fifth. I think sixth or seventh, but again, there's there's reports out there that say don't worry about that because the strength of schedule uh, can't be topped from from the Chargers or the Titans. I'm prepared for the Patriots to pick fifth. <laughs> I am prepared yeah. for them to pick just outside of the top three quarterbacks and Marvin Harrison Jr. Joe Alt. Joe Alt, Joe you Alt. are a Patriot. Talk about a kick in the groin after all of the, this entire mess. Mm-hmm. We actually had the opportunity to. Just as football fans watch Caleb Williams and be like, they might get him. Or watch Michael Penix play in the national title game. Like, they could draft him. Or the Heisman Trophy winner. They could get him. Marvin Harrison Jr. Nope. They could could screw it up with a stupid win against Pittsburgh, a 56-yard field goal walk-off against the Broncos, and then a spite win over the Jets, Mm -hmm. and they're picking fifth. And they draft Joe Alt, and they're looking for a quarterback. Joe Alt. That's it. Well, uh, hey, at least he's not Vidarian Low, so he's better than Vidarian Low. I'll give you, I'll give you that. All right, let's go back to the phones. We got uh, Chris up in New Hampshire. If you can make sense of all that draft order nonsense, uh, Chris, what do you got? Oh, it's exhausting, fellas. Yeah. I got a coaching question, but more, it's less than who do you want next year for the Patriots. It's more general in the fact that what type of coach, either characteristics of that coach, qualities, stature, um, makes. Uh, makes a coach or even a manager successful here in Boston because all the time we hear, oh, it takes a, a certain quality of athlete to succeed here in Boston. Not everyone can make it in this market. The media is tough. I'm wondering if we can kind of talk a little bit about the intangibles that make a coach successful here. I think it's the players. <laughs> I mean, uh, and not to, not to dismiss your question, but I think it really has to do with the players. Take the Red Sox, for example. It seems like they are, you know, a million years away from winning again. But in all the World Series that they won, Terry Francona, John Farrell, and Alex Cora, are those three guys, like, could they be more different? Like, they're all, I mean, maybe Cora and Francona have some similarities, but I feel like Mm -hmm. those three guys are very different. They all won. You know, Doc Rivers won a title here. Uh, Brad Stevens had some good teams. I mean, they didn't win the title, but he uh, he was a pretty successful coach overall. The Bruins went. They won a, a a cup with Claude, and then they made a couple cup finals with Bruce Cassidy. So, I think it's really more on the players, to be honest. I I think you, look, I could sit here and list off thirty different things from experience, uh, the ability to toggle back and forth between and navigate analytics versus your you know the hunch and gut and your actual pro experience um, relating to players. This, that, the other. My the thing about Boston above all other places, you have to have thick skin. Yeah, 
You cannot be sensitive. That's why you I'm can't curious. Be too sensitive for your own good. How is the Joe Missoula thing going to go? Because he clearly, out of all of the coaches, currently and recently, right? Like John Farrell by the end clearly was sensitive to everything when the team wasn't doing well. But mm-hmm. Missoula, I mean, the whole back and forth with Gary Washburn about like an article that he wrote like six years ago, like. Missoula's way more sensitive than all of the other coaches combined, but he's got a, he's got a loaded roster. So I also yep. give him the best chance right now to to win. And the more you win, you know, the more longevity you're going to have. Obviously, yep. So I mean, that's. But his first question uh, before he got into like specifically in Boston, like for me, it's a young offensive guy. Like without getting into specific names, he was like, "Hey, just what what type of coach are you looking for for the Patriots specifically? Young and offense." That's what I want. So you're just basically saying Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson. Shane Waldron. Did did you read the report that Ben Johnson and his representatives may be looking for in upwards of $15 million a season to be a head coach in the NFL? To which I say, good luck if you can get it. Yeah. What the hell have you done to deserve that? Uh, Made Jared Goff look competent. Got the Lions uh, division title. So, I mean, I think if you're somebody like the Panthers... And you have a young quarterback, and you have everything set into, into him. That's not a bad, bad yeah. Goal. Good breakdown today, though, by Lombardi, who I understand took a little bit of a credibility hit this week with his uh, inaccurate reporting on the Mike Vrabel contractual status. Oh, did he really? I missed yeah. that. His whiff on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not. Oh, I'm not yeah. a Lombardi guy. I don't really subscribe okay. to anything that he so says. So Lombardi put out, I think it was yesterday on the X platform that Mike Vrabel was about to become, or said it on his podcast, that he was about to become a free agent. No. And that he was all done. No, we, and so we all then knew everyone's, that. Yeah, yeah but, I thought that was crazy, too. Because there was even that report weeks ago that the Patriots wouldn't trade for trade Vrabel. Trade for him, yeah. Therefore, he's so under contract. Lombardi puts this out. People go crazy. Cadillac writes it up for .com and everything oh boy. else. And then a few hours later, the retraction tweet, like, whoops, my bad. Yep. Um, my- I misspoke. He has two years left on his deal. Like... <laughs> Mike. Classic mix-up. Shame. No years Shame. left. Two years left. What are you, you yeah, going to do? Exactly. But uh, anyway, so today he said, given the way David Tepper has handled the uh, Panthers thus far, and he's been such a difficult owner, it was Lombardi's assessment that he doesn't need like some young, yes, sir, sort of you know, hotshot coordinator who's on his first job. He needs like a hard-ass Harbaugh type to come in and be like, listen, you paid me to do this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely no culture whatsoever. With all due respect, thanks for the check. Shut the f up. Get out of the way and let and let me cook. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. I just wonder if Harbaugh, like <laughs> Carolina, is a worse job than Michigan. Like it's worse. Like you're gonna get paid more at Michigan. You could you can do whatever you're you want get there. At maybe Michigan. suspended at Michigan. Yeah, I guess that's true. You could always yeah, like like Pete Carroll. You leave at the right time. You go on to be Perfect. a successful coach somewhere else. But Harbaugh could probably shoot for a better job than that. I don't think uh, that job might be beneath Harbaugh. Get a natty and then go to the uh, Chargers or something? Yeah, right. Yeah, that's nice. That's certainly a lot better. Let's go to uh, John in Norton. He joins us next. What's up, John? Hey, guys. So in terms of the draft order, what concerns me is you got the six teams that have four or five wins. Now, I think I looked at the schedules, and the other five teams outside of the Patriots are all playing teams this weekend that is shooting for a playoff spot or shooting for playoff seating. And the Patriots okay. are playing the Jets, which are waiting to go skiing, okay? Right. So mm-hmm. the, the reality is all those other five teams, they're playing teams where the games mean something, which to me says that the Patriots have the most winnable game of those six 
of those six teams. And that's what's worrying me the most. The other thing, real quickly, the reason you can't make Belichick just coach and not GM is he's too vindictive. If they pick plays he doesn't like, he's going to sit him on the bench, and then all hell's going to break loose. I'll let you comment on that. Thanks. Yeah, I've, I've never been a proponent of that being a real possibility. I know a lot of people have floated that out because I think it's sort of the in, – in many fans' eyes, it's the best of both worlds. Like, you keep your Hall of Fame – coach the greatest coach of all time the defense has still been really good but you kind of take care of what what has been the biggest problem and that has been the drafts that has been free agency that has been trades but i like all of a sudden after 24 years bill's gonna be fine with like somebody else picking all the players and signing all the players I, i'm with that i'm with that caller I, I think that's very unlikely yeah and even if he like sneaky like yeah okay that'll work couple weeks in or like whatever and there's a guy he doesn't like or they they i don't know i just i think that's a mess i don't like that scenario and i agree with him too like if you look not to go through all the matchups but the teams that are right around the patriots spot in the draft order they are all playing teams that they're i think they're all underdogs the patriots i think are the only favorite of the bunch Mm -hmm. so i'm with you fitzy i feel like you can almost pencil them into five and twelve so Washington, Arizona will have will have worse records. So forget about the tiebreaker. They'll just have worse records. So that bumps them to four. And then they're going to lose the tiebreaker with the Giants. So, yeah, they probably will pick fifth. Yep. The old five. And I'm telling you, going to miss no, no Maserati Marv. First two quarterbacks, maybe three. Right there. It's going to be Joe Alt or Blocky Ashuna or whatever his name is. So Penn this State is- tackle. <laughs> Great. Yeah, take him. No, so this sure. is. And this, I mean, we have four months to talk about this, but if that ends up being the case, don't they have to be a player? Don't they have to talk to Chicago with one of two things? Be like, hey, if you're not taking a quarterback at one, let's move up and and go to one. Mm -hmm. And if you are taking a quarterback, we'll take Justin Fields. Like, you need to get involved with them because trading down to five for them is maybe not the, the worst thing in the world, and they can get somebody still pretty good, and you give them more stuff. But the Patriots can't walk away from this draft without a franchise quarterback or like the hope of one. I know, I know it's a crapshoot. I get it, but you got you have to have somebody on the roster that you can at least get excited about. And I know franchise quarterbacks are more often than not find and found in the first round as well. People don't have the patience to develop a JJ McCarthy if he's if and have him sit for a right. couple of years because who's going to steer the ship? Bo Nix, are you going to have? Is yeah, you started sixty one games like he should be pro ready. I know, but I hate rushing a college quarterback into the pro game without giving them a chance to sit down and stand there and hold a clipboard and listen and learn for God's sakes. All right, let's go to Joe in the car. He's up next. What's going on, Joe? Gentlemen, you guys got the best show in town. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. Appreciate that, Joe. Listen, guys, I don't want mayo. All right. I'm going to tell you why. What happened to these guys that follow Belichick, the Cardinals, Patricia, Judge, O'Brien, White, they all blow. They all suck. That's right. They can't. They cannot. They cannot coach. Mayo cannot coach this team. We need a whole new set of faces in this team. We got a clean house. I like the guy, Mayo. I do like him, but I don't think he's ready to be a head coach. We need all new people. Clean house. That's all I was going to say. I don't want Mayo. I don't want ketchup. I don't want mustard on my bread. I don't want mayo. That's all I got. All right, Joe. Very good. Very good. Hold the mayo. I guess could be Hold the, the uh, mayo. That could be the the slogan <laughs> for the off season. Say, I don't. You don't have to tell me in Italy. They call it aioli. 
I'm not. I mean, I'm with Relish. Joe. I mean, our our would you rather question was just uh, Belichick or Mayo, but if the third option was neither, that's where I that's where I would fall into. And I cite mm-hmm. the same thing. Like, if you watch all of the Belichick guys struggle mightily, right? Like varying mm-hmm. degrees of success. Bill O'Brien, you know, had had some success with Houston until he took over player control. A lot of the other guys were just out and out disasters. McDaniel's twice, Patricia, Judge. Uh, Mangini, whatever you want to do. All these guys were, were disasters. Why on earth would you want to replace Bill with one of those guys? They all sucked without Bill and Brady before. Mm-hmm. So now you're just doing it with the same uniform and the same stadium. Like I would have, I would avoid that at all costs. However, I do think the one thing like Mayo is a former player. None of those other guys were former players. So maybe he is a little bit different in that, in that equation. Yeah. He'll be his own man. He'll be his own yes. coach. Yes. I, I think that's probably what has been. That'll give Robert Kraft, who seems like he wants to play the middle once again, that'll give Robert Kraft and Jonathan Kraft the best chance to sort of feel like they're still maintaining a little legacy and not having a 100% severance and clean break from the past, carrying over a little bit of it, but also, bringing in somebody who isn't just going to try to be a Belichick clone. Right. And the, the the next Bill Belichick impersonator, which obviously dogged Patricia and McDaniels wherever they went. By the way, hats off to Matt Patricia. You've done an awesome... <laughs> <laughs> Eagles, oh, yeah, Eagles defense is killing it. Oh, my God. Holy smokes. He's got yeah, by the way, by the Patricia, Cardinals. I'm sending yeah. a bill to Lincoln Financial Field yeah. for the seven-team Moneyline Parlay that you cost me Sunday by not being able to stop the Cardinals from scoring their fifth effing touchdown. But hey, that's me. actually a big win for the Patriots draft order. So maybe Patricia still care. Maybe I had Patricia's to pay for Christmas, Rich. <laughs> right. Fair enough. That's on you for betting on a Patricia defense. Really? Just what? Win? Yeah. yeah they didn't, no, they didn't by one would have gotten the job done. Given up 35 points. They, Rich, Kyler the Cardinals slippery. had the ball. The Cardinals had the ball for 40 minutes. <laughs> Yeah, most of the game. That's that's most of the game. Joke. Yeah, not good. Well, that's the other thing. The NFL right now, like, who's playing well? Most of these teams are a mess. The Bills are a mess. There's going to the be Eagles 14 backup quarterbacks starting this weekend. Yeah, it's bad. It's a it's the list of quarterbacks is a don't just draft mess. one this year if you're the Patriots. Draft two. I'm in favor of that as well. I I would take two quarterbacks if I'm the Pats. They don't have any on the roster. Okay. They only made they only made like thirty quarterback transactions during the year. Yep. So to draft two, two guys that maybe you know, hopefully you like. I'm I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. A lot going on. All right, you can join us. Uh six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. Wanna take a uh, a little uh little football basketball breather. With twenty twenty three in the books, I'm gonna get Fitzy and Stiz in on this. Well, we just talked about it on the Hashtag Dork Podcast. What is the best movie of 2023? What is the best TV show of 2023? And which of those two uh, are you most looking forward to? Which show and movie are you most looking forward to in 2024? So we'll answer all those questions coming up next year on the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy WEI. If you missed any of our Patriots Monday and Friday interviews, go back and listen on the podcast anytime. Just subscribe to the Rich Keefe Show on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcasts. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on WEEI. Back here on the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy here on WEEI, the Full Tang program. Hopefully you're having a nice uh, Wednesday night. We'll get back to the phone calls here in a moment. But I do want to take a quick uh, little hashtag dork 
break here. Uh, you can check out the podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, best movie that you saw in 2023. Fitzy, what do you got? Rich, I saw it last night. Oh, wow. All right, what do you got? It took me that long. Missed yep. it when it was in the Cinematheque over the summertime. Did not make it out because it was not a terribly kid-friendly movie. Mm-hmm. Did not have some sort of talking dragon or animatronic toaster. Yeah, too bad. It did happen to have, however, the creation of the atomic bomb. Yeah. Holy smoke. Yeah, you know how you they say... What's that, what's that, Disney? You loved it? Dude, you know how when they say, like, <clears throat> that movie is an achievement in cinema? Yes, it was. That's what that was. It was. Yes, Christopher Nolan, which he has more of those than he doesn't. Like, his his resume is insane. Like, his bad movies are good. Uh, and his then bad movies the, are the best swings for the fence possible. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, this was great. I was telling Stiz the other day how I watched it the other night because we were, we were doing the Dork Awards. So I wanted to make sure I saw as many movies as possible before we started talking about all of them. And I was like, I got to see this one. And it was late at night. I knew it was a three-hour movie. I'm like, ugh. Like, at least I'll start it and we'll see how it goes. Right from Jump Street, you're sucked in. And oh it flies, like, for for a three-hour movie, it flies by. It flew yeah. by. Yeah, it's crazy. So I'm with I, you. That That is the best. I'm so happy had, both of you loved wow. it. Sorry, oh I didn't God. mean to, Nick. No, no, it. Just, I was just going to say, a friend who was listening uh, just texted me during the break to to weigh in with her yeah. picks, and she wrote Oppenheimer, and then she just heard me say it, and now she's freaking out in the car. Listen, that's yeah, awesome. it's Oppenheimer. It's yeah, I mean, Oppenheimer. But how could it not be? How could you not, like... Watch the way, like, they built the freaking town of Los Alamos. And uh, I don't care who else delivers the performance of a lifetime. Nuance, emotional subtlety, mm-hmm. please. Ki- give it to Killian Murphy Oh, my God, right he's now. insane. He's so he good. Is he is so good. So Captivating. good. And yeah. you can watch the little documentary that someone put together on how uh, Christopher Nolan always kept him in mind after his bad his Batman audition that didn't land him the part of Bruce Wayne for Batman Begins. Yeah. But that convinced him that he could play Oppenheimer. Um, and the voice that he went with and, like, his walk and mannerisms. And That's crazy. Well, then he was he was, was still crazy. in uh, Batman Begins as Scarecrow. And he was he played a great Scarecrow. He was excellent as Scarecrow. Robert Downey did uh, great in Oppenheimer as oh, well. Oh, he did. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, he was he was real good. And what a what a interesting character. And how about Emily? Emily Blunt was a handful. Yep. She was Emily, a tart. Yep. There were so many people in there. Like, I'd look up. I'm like, oh, it's Matt Damon. There's, oh, yeah, it's loaded. You know, it was loaded. Here comes Casey Affleck. Yeah, Casey So it's like Affleck. all like Oscar yeah. winners. I mean, it's uh, a Nolan movie, but it's like Oscar And how about Matt Damon, that scene in the hallway, yeah. and that guy's like, why should I move to this town? Because it's the most important thing that's ever been done in the effing history of humanity. Like, I was like, give him a prize. Like, yes, sir. I don't know Got what it. the prize okay. is. Give him one. Throw it, throw it his way. Yeah, God, Oppenheimer was wildly impressive. I would say the other two that were also like six out of six movies for me this year would be Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Yep. It's just like a next little, level little animation. too much going on for me. It's, it is wild. There's a lot going on. And unlike Oppenheimer, it's not like a fully told story. Like they're going to have a third one that's going to end the trilogy that's going to come out. Actually, they don't even know when. Maybe this year, maybe not. Mm. Uh, but it's just it's so unlike any other animated movie or even comic book movie like it's it's literally looks like a comic book mm-hmm. and uh so oh, yeah. Th- yeah that one's a blast and then i thought guardians of the galaxy volume three was a perfect send-off end of the james gunn trilogy i liked this sh- it it was um, it was emotional it was definitely yep. heavier than the other ones for sure the 10 year old absolutely loved uh spider-verse um yeah i bet he thought thought it was 
absolutely amazing. I, I didn't see anything that came close to the investment. Oppenheimer, uh, The yeah. awe of Oppenheimer. However, I did last week. Oh, a close second for me. I texted you during the break. The holdovers. Oh, uh, yeah, I watched that. Yeah, yeah, I What'd watched you think? that. I thought it was good. I thought it was a pretty very good. charming movie, isn't it? Charming and uh, filmed at St. Mark's in Southboro, uh, where uh, Davey Eyeballs teaches. He said it was distracting for him to watch it. He's like, my, his classroom popped up for a second, and like, yeah. that's the whole campus of St. Mark's. Uh, yeah. Alexander Payne wow. back to form. Just, uh, yeah, yeah, that was cool. Funny, unnerved, like emotional, and the fact that they made it so. So early '70s style with the pans and the zooms and the performance and, and the like Paul Giamatti. I feel like in this born is, to play that part. But yeah, that was my. I was like, has he already played this character? And like, this wasn't like a. That's not an insult to the film, but I'm like, has he already done this? Like that is to a T. Uh, what you expect out of Paul Giamatti? He was he was awesome in it. I uh, watched Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One last week. Yeah, uh, was overdue on that one. I liked it. I liked uh, it. Yeah. Okay, so I liked dish it again yeah, when yeah, I yeah. watched it, but then I thought, wait a second, I was sort of falling asleep because it was late and I had a few bevs. I went back the next night and started it again. Still had the rental. Watched it for or whatever it was on Paramount Plus. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. Um, I started it at the one hour mark and watched the last hour and twenty minutes again. Guy. I don't know how you that that freaking Orient Express forty five minute last action sequence is an unbelievable. Like the, I give the it, last it, give it hero. its fly. Yeah. Jesus, was yeah, that you good? can't hate that guy. No, he's the last it's movie so star. impressive. He is. Um, best TV show, Last of Us for this year. Yeah, Last of Us was a finalist for or a uh, one of the nominees. I like that one a lot. It came out like last January, so it feels like so long ago. But mm-hmm. Last of Us really good. The Bear season two. I'm a big fan of The Bear. I know you haven't, haven't watched, watched it yet. The, the Bear's excellent. Uh, there was a third season of I Think You Should Leave. Sort of a different kind mm-hmm. of show. A little sketch comedy, though, but that was really good. And I'm trying to think what else. What, what do you have, Fitzy? Yeah, dude, what about your third? What about season number three of I Think You Should Leave? Yeah, no, I just said that. I was like, I said oh, a little different, different type of show, sketch comedy. But yeah, I had that. Oh, sorry. Nominee. I had that so square on the mind for you. Oh, well, the Blue Eye Samurai, too. That's it. Blue Eye Samurai. Was that sick. made my top yeah. five. All right. Um, um I'm gonna go with best show of the year, Jury Duty. Yeah, I gotta go I gotta finish that. Yeah, you do. I lo- I love James Marsden in it though. I love James Marsden in anything that he's in. Guys, especially when he plays Joe. James Marsden. <laughs> so he, he nailed it. The guy cried, he crushed it as James Marsden. Stiz, you have a best show of the year? Yeah, Last of Us. Oh last I'm last sorry. Of us. No, my, no, my apologies. All right, so spinning forward to Stiz, do you year. have a best show of the year? Stiz, what was Holdovers. <laughs> <laughs> Our most anticipated movie of 2024. I don't know if you had a chance to see some of the upcoming films or like the most anticipated, but what would you say you have circled on your uh, calendar? I have 1,010% circled two movies because when I go to the cinema, I really want to see something big, unless, of course, I'm taking the kids. Like right, last right, week right. when I took them, right before I had COVID, I took them to see Migration, which was fine, but they loved it. Uh, <laughs> Furiosa. Yeah, Mad Max. The Mad Max movie. Uh, as well as what the hell was the other one? Oh, Dune Part Two. Dune Part Two, which is in March, like March first. So it is. That would be um, really good. I have not read the epic Frank Herbert tome, but I will say I was blown away when I watched the Villeneuve uh, take on Dune the first time. And come on, it's got it's got the hottest actor on earth, the Chalamet, Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, I was in a whole bunch of young hot actors in there. Zendaya's yeah. in there. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'll, you, you got to have to have one name. You got to have one name, and one that, name only. Pretty good. Yeah, I'm excited for that. I'm gonna go Deadpool three. Yes. It's like the only MCU movie on the schedule for next year. There's no DC movies on the schedule for next year. 
So they're really scaling it back comic book wise. They're they're resetting the DC stuff. Marvel's like realizing like, hey, we can't just put out as much stuff. We got to maybe just make good stuff. So Deadpool mm-hmm. three, long awaited, is there? Stiz, you got one? Uh, so um, I think mine is going to be Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice oh, part Beetlejuice two. Beetlejuice two. Yeah, Tim Burton is returning to direct. Just going to ask yeah. if that if that would Michael factor into Keaton. Any- good one. You know what I mean? So Definitely. I'm really hoping and that Michael they- Keaton. <laughs> Keaton. They're both in I, this. Like, I really multiplicity? hope they, Yeah, I really hope they knock this one out the park and and that it's not like a you know lame reboot. I was gonna say oh, the the yeah. sequels that take place like ten plus years after the original are tough. Tough to stick yeah, that landing. Wait, you get Winona Ryder, Michael Keaton, and Kath. Okay, if yeah, Catherine O'Hara said yes, who and she is like the queen of comedy. She is the goat. I mean, after after yeah. Blank's Creek, I'll never say anyone else is funnier. Um, she is hysterical. She's amazing. Yeah. So yeah, I'm in on that. How about where are we with a couple other ones right here for movies? Um, yeah, uh, obviously I'll go see Wicked because the musical theater family. Yep, since gotta I married go. the Von Trapps. Gotta hit that one. Uh, where is everyone on the new Joker movie and Gladiator Two? So mm. I'll I'll see both of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. the first Joker I thought it was a great movie, but like there's not a whole lot of rewatch to it in my mind. Like I saw that right. it, was, it was good. He was good in it. I agree. That's a good way to put it, Keith. You know, and then Lady mm-hmm. Gaga as Harley Quinn, and it's gonna be like a musical. I'll certainly watch it, but I'm. I don't know. I think you probably got to be in the right mood to enjoy it. Yeah, I, I'm. I don't need a Gladiator two. I know a lot of people no. are pumped, fired up for it. Not the biggest Gladiator one fan. There. Oh, you're not. See, I like Gladiator one. Gladiator one. I was like it. I didn't. Okay. Best picture. Love it. As a matter of fact, I thought Russell Crowe. You know, the Oscars do a lot of make goods. Like, ah, next year we'll just give him one for yeah. something. It's happened with a million times. Mm-hmm. I thought Russell Crowe, one thousand percent, should have won Best Actor for The Insider. When he gained all that weight to play the nervous whistleblower from R.J. Reynolds. Mm-hmm. He doesn't for some reason. Uh, and then the next year, they give it to him for Gladiator, which is like half the performance as Maximus that it was. Yeah, right. The Insider was like real acting. The other one, I have muscles. Would you like to fight me with a sword? <laughs> well, I was like Scorsese. Didn't he win for Departed and not for anything else that he did? Like all the yeah. much better movies that he Like one of his best pop pieces of populist fare. Yeah. You know, a, a Hong Kong movie remake versus like Goodfellas and Raging Bull and true pieces of American cinema. There's also coming out this year is Ballerina, which is starring Ana de Armas, and it's a spinoff of John Wick. So it's in the John Wick universe. In. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. That'll be- in. Was she in part four? Was she, it a character that we know? She was not, but they start in the, in, was it part three? They'd started to sort of like. Uh, lay the groundwork for at least no, at least like the ballerinas and like sort of like the that aspect of it. So I don't think she herself was in it, but uh, that's probably gonna be pretty great. So anyway, that's what we got. Feel free to text in three seven nine three seven or uh, hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Rich Keefe Show. Some of your favorites of the year or and or ones you are looking forward to this year. Six one seven 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 nine seven nine three seven. The number two jump aboard. We'll get back to your uh, your phone calls here. Two hours down. Two hours to go on the Rich Keefe Show. W E E I.